Hallelujah. If you would flash that, uh, that title on the screen for me. Just give them a flash. Hallelujah. I'm changing with my season. Just saying that. Makes me emotional. I'm changing with my season. I'm changing with my season. I'm changing with my season. Would you go with me to Psalms 126? Psalms 126. I think the key verse for us will be verses 6, but we will read the entire Psalms 126. It's very short. When the Lord returned, restored the fortune of Zion, or brought back the, the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Bring back the captivity. Bring back our captivity. O oh Lord, as the stream in the south. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Those who go out weeping, those who continually go forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him or his bundles of harvest with him. He who continually goes forth weeping will return doubtless shall come they shall come bearing seed for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. Thank you, Jesus. The 126th Psalm of the Bible expresses a theme of redemption. It's a theme of redemption. A theme that talks about what God has done 
It's, it's hard to... <laughs> we don't get this quite often. But it's a lot harder to be excited and joyful in God's redemptive power in your life if you hadn't been through something. One of the stories that my dad loved to tell as a young man growing up was about the guy who felt that the whole world was over for him. He lost his job. His wife left him. His children wouldn't talk to him. He felt lost. He felt hopeless. And he decided that on this day, he would just end his life. He got his favorite fruit, which was a banana, went to the grocery store and got the, the most ready banana he could find, a beautiful color, just big enough that he could enjoy this wonderful fruit, his favorite, last bite, and then he would jump off the top rail of a bridge into the water 200 feet below and just kill himself. And he did prepare, got his banana, went up to the bridge, sat there looking around, the cars passing on the bridge and the water way down there. And he uh, ate that banana took the last bite, and as he was finished, he released the peel down on the side of the bridge, expecting it to be in the water in just a second or two. And out of nowhere, he saw a hand just reach out and literally catch that skin that he had released. And as he peered over, there was a homeless man below on another level of the bridge who had taken the peel that he just caught as it landed nearby on the bridge and was beginning to eat the peel. And for the first time in a long time, he suddenly realized that as bad as he felt, as lost and as hopeless as he was feeling in those moments, there, there was somebody worse off than he was. Can I tell you that whatever you've gone through to this point, whatever your life has faced to this point, whatever challenges, whatever situations, whatever turmoil you have had to deal with, there is someone who is going through more. And if that fact is true, then it causes us to believe in the God that we serve, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah El Elyon, the Lord Most High. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. It, it pushes us to believe and trust in that God. More and more. Because 
we begin to understand that he first of all will not allow anything to befall us that he did not give permission to. And second, he knows the limit of what you can handle. And he will not allow the adversary to give you one ounce more. I think somebody needs to begin to feel the emotion of loving on a God that will not allow you to be tested beyond what you can handle. I think somebody needs to begin to feel the emotion of being in connection with a God that will not, will not, will not allow you ever, ever, ever to go through what he has not given you strength to go through. What, however it looks, it's made just for you. Hallelujah. However it feels, it was, it was allowed just for you. You will not break in half. You may bend all the way down to the ground, but you will not break, baby. You will not break. You will not break. You will not break. The winds of life will carry you. You will cry and fuss and scream and be so upset at times. But your God will not allow you to break. I'm looking for somebody that begins to say, thank you, Lord, I won't break. 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 Thank you, Lord, I'm not breaking. Thank you, Lord, I can't break. Thank you, Lord, I'm going to stand. Thank you, Lord, I may bend all the way to the ground, but the adversary will not take my roots up. Hallelujah. The storm may come, and I may look like my roots are about to be pulled out, and I'm about to die, but it will not be so, because God said, We have Israel coming out of 400 and something years, should have been three something, but their continued disobedience caused the time to be extended. And so they're coming out nearly 400 years of of bondage by Babylon. And this Psalm 126 is about how they see their deliverance. While reading this, God brought two things to my mind. And so I prayed both counts. One is that quite often we go through stuff we're not supposed to go through. We fight battles that we are not supposed to be fighting. And that some of the pain that we go through, we brought it on ourselves. I got to be able to say, I got to be able to know me well enough. I've got to be able to know my heart's calling behavior. I got to be able to say to myself, you brought this on yourself, son. If you can't, you know what the word said? Judge 
yourself. Why? So that other folk won't have to judge you. Look at your own life first. Don't, don't, don't look at the splinter in the other person's eye while the beam in yours is as big as a lamppost. Look at you first and say, Lord, I see it. I see it now. I, the markers were there. I, your Holy Spirit was telling me to stop, slow down, stand still. And I see it like it, it was yesterday. I kept walking. You told me not to say a word, and I kept talking. You told me to stand still and see your salvation, and I kept trying to fight myself. It's me, oh Lord, it's me. I'm standing in the need of prayer. I'm repenting. You got to get there. 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 I've had to get there. Lord, I'm looking at me first and I'm saying, I've been a miserable failure. And what I'm going through in this particular area, I'm looking back and I see, I see how I messed up. I see how disobedient I was. I see how hard-necked and stiff-necked. I see how badly I behaved. And I repent. If you can't look at you and see where you have gone wrong, you are inviting more pain. Because it's a lot, it's a lot tougher to judge yourself, but it's a lot easier to deal with it when you judge you. See, whenever a third or fourth party has to come into play, now your business is out there. It's one of the other things, that when we refuse to judge ourselves, sometimes God just has to allow your stuff to get out there. Because what he wants is for you and him to have a conversation that you are not willing to have. So there's some things I just got to admit. It's me, oh Lord. There are other things that I go through that God has allowed, has sent my way because he sees the end product. Remember I said, you will not be given more than you can bear. God knows what you can bear. He will not allow you to be railroaded and run over by the adversary. And some things, you look at your life and say, Lord, what did I do to deserve this? Why is this happening to me? I faced one of those times in my own life when I made the decision to, to come back home to South Carolina from Pennsylvania. And everything, I felt everything was, was just right there for serving in an organization that was growing, had grown from, from uh, 40 to 4,000 in about 10 years, 
and it was just great being there. And then God says to me, you need to come home to your dad. And it was not a nice time. It wasn't a, was a struggle in my life, in my relationships. Everything was a struggle because it, what God was telling me did not fit with how comfy I was feeling. Of course, if I had not done that, I would not have been here when God called my dad home suddenly. If I had not made the move, I would not be leading this church. If I had not made the move, I would not be as aggressive and passionate about God as I am now. Because I see myself back then, I had come to a place of just pleasant acceptance that, oh, I don't need, I don't take all of that. Has anybody been there? Ah! Uh, I don't need to fast every week. Uh, if I miss reading the word of God for two days, uh, I don't need dedicated prayer time. I mean, after all, I'm just human. Uh, you know, they don't take all of that. I believe I would still be there. A Christian, a believer but not with the passion that I have for God now. Back then, one of the greatest things that happened was, and my family would ask me, my boys would ask me, Dad, how come when you're preaching, you would cry, bringing out the word of God, and the emotion would be high, but we never see you crying with us one of the toughest questions that I ever had to, to navigate because that question said to me that I was only transparent when there was 10 or more feet between you and me. And that if we were sitting together in close proximity to each, to each other and if you were my family that uh, I don't want to be as transparent. And God navigated me through all of that. I remember the first time I sat with my youngest boy and we had one of those conversations. And all of this lack of transparency that I was hiding, when the glory of God came on me and that change began to happen and I was talking to him and I started to cry. He hugged me and he said, Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That it wasn't about me. I, was, I had completely missed the fact that it wasn't about me. That my transparency in that moment, my lack of transparency off stage, going beyond the stage presence, was about the other person. 
And that in not being able to think that way told me about my selfishness. Even while being a believer. Do you know that you still have stuff to work on even as a believer? Does everybody understand that even though the Holy Ghost is all over you, there is still some mess that he needs to get to? That even though you are saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, that there are black spots that still need digging out. So, when we go through it, it's either because we brought it on ourselves or because God understands that if you could only, if you could only press through this, your redemption's coming. If you could only press through this and hold on to your praise, if you could only press through this and hold on to your worship, if you could only press through this and hold on to your commitment, ah, harvest is about to come. Breakthrough is about to happen. Breakout is about to happen. That your, 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 your past has nothing to compare to the future. Huh? The words that eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. It has not even entered into the minds of those who are standing around you and even your own mind. What God has prepared for you. Some things you just got to relinquish and say, I, I can't see what, what about me caused this, but I'm in it. And instead of grumbling, and fussing, I'm just going to worship you, Lord. I'm just going to worship you. I'm just going to say, I'm changing with my season. 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 There's a reason I'm going through this. I will not be wasted. I will not let this change of season be wasted. I'm changing with my season. I'm pressing in deeper with my season change. I'm going I'm to feast on more of God as my season change because I'm going to get every ounce of the blessing, every ounce of the, the glory, every ounce of the harvest that God has laid out for me in this new season. So they've gone through, <clears throat> and Matthew Henry feels very strongly that this book not, was not only written in part, this chapter was not only written in part by Ezra the prophet, but it was written at a time when they were coming out of their bondage, their time of slavery, that God had given them an out, that an entire generation had died, and they were allowed to come in to the blessing. And so the chapter says, when the Lord restored the fortune of Zion, 
their Zion. When the Lord restored unto us what was promised, even though we were disobedient, even though we were hard-headed, even though we messed up, that God still had enough mercy on us to restore, to restore, to restore, to restore, to restore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only am I changing with my season, but I am expecting restoration. Not only am I changing with my season, but I am expecting restoration. I'm expecting the adversary to pay 10 times up. I'm expecting the adversary to give back not just everything that he stole, because the stuff he stole from me last year was just good for last year. Hardly do we ever have something from five years ago that works today. It, it, it just doesn't happen. What was stolen five years ago was for five years ago. What we want the adversary to do is not pay back what he stole five years ago, but pay back according to today's economy. Pay back according to today's interest. Pay back according to my spiritual cost of living today. Because what you stole, you done stole. But what you're going to pay back is double, triple, quadruple, tenfold in today's spiritual climate. I don't want you to go back there and give me the old sofa. I want a brand new set of furniture. Bring it right here to my house. I don't want the old pinto you took from me when I was 17. No, 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 no. It's not good enough. Now you owe me a Cadillac. Now you owe me a Mercedes. Now you owe me a big house with three bedrooms. I don't want the apartment where 10 of us used to stay. No, no. You don't have to pay that back. You keep it. Go ahead. Keep it, devil. Pay me back in today's currency. Pay me back according to my hunger today. Pay me back according to my passion for God today. Pay me, pay me back according to how much I love God and I'm willing to sacrifice for him today. Pay me back. Why? Because I'm changing with my season. I'm changing with my season. I said I'm changing with my season. I'm changing with my season. I will not be caught in a place of dilapidated behavior. When my season is changing to harvest, I will not be caught sitting down, wasting time. No, 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 no. When the harvest comes, I've got to be ready to reap. We were like those with a dream, those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongue with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Restore our fortune, Lord. Restore what was stolen, Lord. We could see it, but we expect more. How many of you are saying that? I see your goodness in my life, but I'm expecting more. 
I see your blessing in my life, but I'm expecting more. I thank you for the house, but now I'm praying that my kids get homes. I thank you for my car, but now I'm thanking you that my daughter or my son has a good car. Lord, I thank you for my health, but right now I want to go on top of that and say, Lord, I thank you that my child has good health. Lord, I thank you for my degree, but oh God, I thank you that you're blessing my son or daughter with a degree. Lord, I thank you that you have given me what you gave me, but now we're taking it to the next level. Now we're going to step up. Now we're going to press in. Now we're going to say, that is not enough, devil. You owe me more. I will not be denied. 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 Is somebody here saying, I'm going to change. I, I, I'm committing. I will change with my season. I will change with my season. Whatever season God opens up to me, whatever season God opens up, whatever season God allows me, I will not be stagnant. I will not stay in a place of liturgy. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be lackadaisical and, and just luck, luck luster. No, I am here to stay and I am here to grow and I am here to reap and I will not be denied. And then he says something that really touched me. In verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Is there anyone that has gone through something in our congregation that the adversary tried to tell you you shouldn't be weeping like that? You know you done did something wrong. That's why you're always in a place of weeping and crying. I don't know why you, why you, why you going to church. Because if, if God's on your side, you're not supposed to be crying like this. If God is for you, you're not supposed to be going through all of this and being stressed and worried. Can I tell you what the word of God says? Those of us who sow in tears. These are not, these are not tears of murmur. These are not tears of dissatisfaction. These are not tears of complaining. These are tears that said, if it had not been for you, I would have killed myself. The psalmist said, I would have fainted. I would have fainted if I had not had faith to believe. If I had not had a press to believe, I would have fainted. If I hadn't had commitment to keep holding on, I would have fainted if I did not know that God is going to bring me out. I would have fainted if I did not believe that God is not going to leave me alone, that what I'm going through today in tears is setting me up for reaping in abundance, that my seed, the seed that I am carrying in tears are going to spring up as plants, as fruit trees 
enjoy. I'm going to stand back and look at what God has done and I will say, how did I get over? How did I get over this? How, how did I come through this? How, how, how? Lord, I thank you for your goodness. 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 Hallelujah. I'm going to end this morning going over to, oh my gosh, another portion of scripture. Isaiah, is that it? Isaiah 61. Isaiah, Isaiah speaking to God's people as God gives him utterance, gives him direction, and he says to them, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news or good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive. Do you understand that back then it was the prophet, today it's you? Do you understand that, that what God sent Isaiah and commanded him to say and articulate then is for every one of us now? That the reason you and I have to go through the process of tear so, uh, seed sowing in tears is so that in joy you can proclaim this on someone else's life. Have we been talking about this in another message? That God, like Abraham, worked on you, came on you, called you out from your family, from your kindred, told you to move and come to a place that he will take you to. Every one of us have had that call. God coming on you, leading you into salvation. But can I, can I affirm the message this morning and tell you that at this point, God is not just wanting to come on you. God is not just wanting to work on you. God is not just wanting to change you, but to die. God's saying, I want to now work through you. Is there somebody in the auditorium online watching this morning that understands that God is trying to transition you? He brought you into salvation. He got your life right. He took the messed up parts of you and he's working on that. But that is not all that he wants. He wants to move on. He just, he wants to keep working on you. But now he wants to work on you and now work through you because the world the world, the world, the world, the world is empty. The world is sad. The world is, is in debauchery. The world is breaking and broken. The world needs you and I. The world needs you. That is why I must change with my season. He's upon me to proclaim liberty to the captive and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Whew. To proclaim the acceptable 
year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our Lord to comfort all who do what? Mourn. You think the world is going to do that? You think the world is going to comfort those that are mourning? To console those who mourn in, in Zion? To give them beauty? Oh, my Lord. For ashes? You think the world is going to be able to give folks that you know that are in pain, that are, be, that are going down the slippery road of heartache and destruction? You think, you think the world that we live in is able to do that? Give them beauty for ashes? The oil of joy? For mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Stop there. I'm putting a call out to everyone here today. God is pressing on you. Some of us, he's pressing lightly because you're kind of on the fence. If he presses too hard, literally, you'll jump off the train. And for those of who are in that place, I'm asking God to reveal himself to you in a way that you have not seen before. That you will be driving the car or on the bus or walking in the grocery store and that you will suddenly feel the love of God for no reason come upon you. And you probably have to go back to the car and just sit there as he begins to just create intimacy with you, love on you, open your eyes to see that he has been letting and allowing his great goodness to pass before you. I'm changing with my season. Would you, would you just confess that? God, tell him, God, I'm changing with my season. Lord, I'm changing with my season. Lord, I'm maturing with my season. Lord, I'm growing as my season changes. I will not let it be wasted. Thank you, Lord, for making me a true conduit. Hallelujah. Glory be to God, a true conduit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whoo. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Is there any way to uh, put a soft song in the background, if possible? God is touching someone right now. You're online, you're watching us, and you have not been feeling good about you. It's a lie, because God is happy that you still have your press. You've been feeling discouraged because things aren't happening as quickly. God is proud of you. <laughs> I remember the day that God revealed to me while in a place of just 
I felt ashamed of something that God was dealing with me with. And I made a recommitment and consecrated. I said, yeah, I will not speak like this again. I will not do this again. And, and would you know, just like Paul the Apostle in Romans 7, looks like the things I want to do are the things that I keep doing, uh, that I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, those are the things I find myself doing. And he said, oh, wretched man that I am. If you are in that place, God is saying to you, at your weakest point, hallelujah, your weakest point is about to become your strongest point. Hallelujah. Your weakest point is about to become your strongest point. So confess that right now. Lord, I thank you for making my weakest point my strongest point. You're making my weakest point, my weakest place, my strongest point. You're making my weakest place, my strongest point. You're making my weakest place, my strongest point. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I remember the day that he reminded me that, son, it does not matter how many times you mess up. You're still, a, you're still ahead of Lucifer. The same guy that is telling you that you can't make it, that you have, you have completely disappointed God. God is saying, it doesn't matter how many blown opportunities you've had in your life. You'll never blow it like Lucifer. And I love you. You are my child. Lift your hands with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. Come on in, come on in, come on in. We thank you this morning for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. For your loving kindness and your tender mercies. <laughs> for your tender mercies in our lives. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for your grace. Your abundance of grace, your grace, your grace, your grace, your grace, your grace in our lives, your grace, your grace, your unmerited favor, your goodness that keeps passing before us. Dear Lord, lead us into paths of righteousness. Woo! I love Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not live in want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me to the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death. Somebody feel deaths coming on in different areas? Let me tell you, you know, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
There's no fear here. Hallelujah, for thou art with me. <laughs> for thou art with me. There's no fear here because thou art with me. There though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My, you, oh, my cup running over. You anoint me. Surely, goodness and mercy. Go ahead and tell him, Lord, this is where we get happy, Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you that goodness and mercy are still assigned to me. Go ahead, go ahead and tell them. I thank you because goodness and mercy is still assigned to me. You haven't pulled, you haven't pulled them off guard. You haven't pulled my guard. You haven't pulled them. They're still standing with me. Come on, goodness and mercy. Come on, goodness and mercy. Come on, goodness and mercy. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Why? Because God said so. Goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you're here this morning and you need God, you have not consecrated yourself to Jesus and given your life to him, I want to invite you to do that. If you're online, I'm going to just say the quick sinner's prayer. If you're here, I want you to say that to yourself, and I'm going to lead it. And after that is done, if you're online with us, would you take a moment to fill out our information card? We would like to connect with you. We would like to pray for you. We, can, we do that right now. Uh, but if you're here and you need prayer, we can do that too, but I'm leading you into the sinner's prayer. If you're here and you are looking for a place to be grounded, you're looking for a place to connect, you're looking to a place for a home, a church that is, that is going to help you grow, that is multi-ethnic, that is multicultural, that does not care about color, then this is the place for you. Say after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you with all of my mess, all of my sin, and I'm asking you to forgive me, to cleanse me from every bit of my unrighteousness. Father, I repent of my sin. Wash me with your blood. Sanctify me. Let your presence glow in me. And then work through me. I thank you, Lord, for salvation. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're looking for a home church, we're here this morning. Uh, Dr. June, uh, Minister Angela, these individuals will be right here. You just have to get their, your names to them, and we will contact you, let you know when our values, core values class is coming up, when our doctrinal class is coming up, so that you know exactly what you're being involved in as you see God's face to settle. 
Hey, Assembly family, we're so excited that you chose to join us for worship this morning. If you're with us every week, or if this is your first time ever joining us for online worship, we are so excited to have you here. Would you take just a moment and fill out the Connect card that our online service host has dropped in the chat? We like to make giving incredibly easy here at the Assembly. You have three ways to give. You can give online at theassemblyflorence.org. You can navigate to the top right-hand corner if you're on a desktop and click on the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, or smartphone, you can click on the three lines for the menu, click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons are going to navigate you to our online giving platform. You can also give via text message. If you text the number 77977 with a message that says S. See Assembly Give, all one word, you'll receive a link to our online giving platform. You can also give via mail, by mailing either a check or money order to The Assembly, 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Again, thank you for giving to The Assembly. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that the rest of this service bless you.